This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay jiggy. And this is Chris from the second Chargers outside linebacker. Make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Shout out to Chargers Unleashed. Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed? You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Efner and Dale Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, and Athletic Greens. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan mm. Wolkenstein. Mm-mm. Sometimes, mm. sometimes they look pretty. Sometimes they look ugly. But in the case of the Chargers on this Monday, December 19th, Victory Monday, it's still the same when it comes out with a W. So Chargers in dramatic fashion on the arm of Justin Herbert, along with the leg of Dicker the kicker, overcome an ugly win, but a win nonetheless, 17 to 14 beating the Tennessee Titans now positioned into the fifth seat as it relates to the playoff, or excuse me, the sixth seat as it relates to the playoffs with three weeks to go left in the regular season. And uh, for this particular victory Monday, I'm going to let Dan Wolkenstein take it from here because a very special guest is going to join us here on the show. Matt Money Smith, voice of the Chargers, uh, surfer extraordinaire, and also just a genuinely incredible dude, uh, is going to be joining us on Chargers Unleashed to talk about this week. 15 victory kind of go into some of the coaching some of the heroics some of the unsung heroes as well as what to expect kind of moving forward um jake we talked about the over under on 150 yards rushing last week they hit the under they hit the under they hit the under uh let's talk about our friends over at bet online also, you had asked me about the turnovers for the Chargers. I picked the under when you put two and a half. And so if you listen to Jake Hefner, you're making money. <laughs> well, no, don't don't necessarily this follow, week. This follow week. That. Just yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah. Just, let's pump the brakes on that. But anyways, for those of you who are interested in making some wagers, make sure to go and check out our friends over at Bet Online. You'll always find the latest odds and team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use that promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So, Jake, we're going to be talking to Matt Money Smith here. Uh, I do got to say, I do got to say, shout out to the Bolt fam. Shout out to everyone who is at SoFi. That place was rocking. Felt like a playoff game. It was loud. Coach Daly even talked about it in the press conference yesterday, how the team felt the energy. Uh, I'm going to read a quote real quick, Jake. This was a big game from our team, said Brandon Staley. You could really feel it. When we were on defense, you could hear it. The energy that it provides your team. Then, obviously, the big plays on offense. You're going to get all that noise. Then, when your kicker hits it at the end, that eruption, the powder blues are coming. You hear Brandon say talk about Powder Blues week over week over week, and you can see kind of the momentum building. Chargers get a win, dramatic fashion, 17-14, 
two-game winning streak against two current playoff teams. Matt Money Smith can be joining us to talk all about it. Last but not least, Jake, I woke up feeling energized today. I woke up three ice cubes, one shaker. <laughs> Athletic Greens gave me AG1. I am rocking life today. I am feeling wonderful with all these vitamins and minerals and all this gorgeousness that's in life right now with the Chargers riding a high eight and six in the playoff seed. Let's talk about our friends over at Athletic Greens and AG1. As I said last week on our interview with Jasir Taylor, Dan Wolkenstein claims that Athletic Greens makes him even more optimistic. It's my secret sauce. Which is insane considering how optimistic Dan already is. So if you're looking to get on Dan's level... You got to go out and get yourself some athletic greens, right? But uh, as Dan said, uh, we've both been trying athletic greens now for about two months. Um, I started ta- I started taking it um, a while back. I've always been uh, trying to keep myself fit. Uh, my diet, sadly, has never, and I mean Sucks. never, over the 22 years that I have been going to the gym, been on a good swing. So athletic greens, definitely from a standpoint of if you want to take, if you're not into the whole going out to the grocery store and blending all your veggie shakes and your kale and your carrots and your salary and whatever it is that you have to do, this is a great uh, replacement for that from in terms of vegetables and minerals and vitamins from a daily dose standpoint. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of uh, in a cup of water water every day, or if you're in Dan Wolkenstein's case, there were three ice cubes in the shaker, but uh, one scoop of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Take uh, To make it easy, Athletic Greens right now is going to give you free a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash chargers unleashed. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash chargers unleashed to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The man in the booth, Matt Money Smith, joins us next on Chargers Unleashed. We are Extremely excited. We have a very special guest, um, money guest, if you will. Uh, Chargers win eight and six. The man in the booth calling the plays, Mr. Matt Money Smith, the man, the myth, the legend, joined us here on Chargers Unleashed after that Titans victory. We all went crazy, we all sweat a bit, but here we are. Matt, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Chargers Unleashed again, friend of the show. How are you? Yeah, happy to uh, be here, Dan Jake. What's happening? Good, uh, good victory Monday to do uh, to Indeed. do a pod. Yes, good victory Monday. Look, we, we have all kinds of stuff we want to get into. Obviously, hey. I'll talk about the heroics of Justin Herbert, Dicker the kicker, talk about some of the coaching assessments so far these last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, get into maybe some of the, the struggles that we've seen on offense, as well as some of the unsung heroes. But, Matt, that game yesterday, I was there live. Uh, felt like a playoff game. The atmosphere was wild. Uh, Chargers fans showed out, by the way. What was kind of your overall take? On the game, I know you called it from the booth. You had that end of the game, kicker, dicker the kicker call. Um, what was your take on the game overall? Kind of key themes, key takeaways for you. I uh, I think key takeaways probably defense was great. Again, totally different scheme and approach to slowing an offense down than the week prior when they were great. And uh, you know they carried the day. And obviously, you know Justin Herbert was sensational when he had to be to get the win. And uh, special teams continues to be a very important part of this team. Um, and it's really 
kind of been a drag for this team, you know, maybe the three, four years prior, uh, where it's it's really shined and it's been a big reason for their success. Um, so I think just kind of overall takeaways, and especially on a day like you look at, you know, as so I'll just kind of pop over just so I can kind of remind myself as I, I look at at the scoreboard, like just look at the games yesterday. You know, Crazy. look at look, yeah, it was all underdogs that that won for the most part. I mean, you know the. The Vikings have to rally to beat, you know, a pretty bad Colts team. Uh, the Browns knock off the Ravens. You know, the the Bears give the Eagles everything they can handle. Um, same thing, you know, the Lions knock off the Jets, who mismanaged the clock at the end of that thing. The Panthers, you know, needed to win out to make the playoffs. They lose at home to the Steelers. I mean, it was just one Chiefs needed overtime. Uh, Patriots had that ridiculous play to lose to the Raiders. Like, it was just, uh, it was a crazy day. So I think the most important thing for people that, you know, want style points, you know, weeks after week, like 13, 14, when the playoffs start to get sorted out, just figure out how to win. You yeah, know, ask, ask the Dolphins yeah. fans how they're feeling about that style points on that loss. Exactly. Yeah, they played great. You know, they played a great game in Buffalo and and lost. So don't, you know, should the chart, you know, did you think the Chargers are going to score more than 17 against a, a defense that allowed back-to-back 350-yard passers? Yeah, but you know, the game was what it was and and they got the W. Matt, you had mentioned at the top of your takeaways there, just as far as the defense goes, obviously we've seen a big time resurgence from this defense over the last two weeks against Miami and Tennessee and doing this a lot, obviously without Derwin James, two weeks ago, they were very unmanned when it came to certain players being out. What have you seen just if you took it from a microchasm of these two weeks with this defensive unit, as opposed to you know earlier in the season, the way that this team was playing defense, have, what is it that you've seen change with Coach Hill or Coach Staley's philosophy with this defensive scheme that they're drawing up? I think they're just more aggressive. Um, and I don't mean that necessarily from like they're blitzing more or anything like that. It just, it feels, you know, you've heard Coach Staley say it repeatedly, they're connected. And I think, you know, that's perhaps press man from the secondary. So you can maybe give the the front line an extra beat to get home now instead of playing soft and allowing a lot of those underneath completions. Um, so I, I think connected is the key word. You hear that a lot from football people and, you know, are all three levels of your defense playing in concert with one another, you know, which typically leads to success. And I think you saw that quite a bit yesterday, you know, even though Derrick Henry gets out of that game with over 100 yards and a touchdown, you know, what you saw was, you know, fight from the D-line to not let him get a big head of steam. They set the edges. Um, and then next, you know, line of defense, linebackers played really well. You know, Kenneth Murray drew tranquil tackle. Their run fits were great. And then you get to the secondary, and there was nothing available downfield. Like, Ryan Tannehill had nothing Um you know, so everything was underneath. Everything was just a slog, and it was going to be tough to to continue. You know, and they couldn't convert on third down. So, you know, you're talking about a team that was, I think, one for eight on third down going into that final drive when they softened up a little bit and wanted them to, you know, perhaps, you know, just play. Make sure you don't let any explosive plays get over your head or let Derrick Henry break one. So certainly that final drive that, that led to a touchdown was a little bit different, but I think that's kind of what we saw, and we saw it as well in the Miami game the week prior, since you mentioned that, Jake, like what's been the difference the last two weeks is, you know, they played a ton of press, and they did not allow those quick completions, and I know that's just been dissected to the, you know, bejesus bells already, so we don't need to go through that, but, you know, I, I think that's, to me, that's what's changed, is the defense has now been more connected because I think it's mostly the way the secondary is playing, 
um, which has been a little bit more aggressive than we saw earlier in the season. It's interesting you mentioned kind of like those themes for the defense because Brandon Staley in the press conference yesterday, I'm pulling it up, he, he had, there's a quote when he was asked about what the run defense did well versus the Titans. He mentioned knockback, edges, second level, and swarm, tackling well, no catastrophic misses. They were coming to hit Derrick Henry, which I think you mentioned that aggressiveness. He was talking yeah. about how like so many people just get pummeled by Derrick Henry and yesterday the chargers just went out there and kind of took it to him and kind of put it on their terms. So it's interesting yeah. to see this chargers defense do this in a completely different style than what we saw against Miami. And it's basically like a tale of two halves of which type of defense can this team can't does this team have to run and can they do it against, you know, a juggernaut of an offense and a juggernaut of a physical offense in the, in the Titans. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, just I think a key in there too was just set the edges. That's been a huge issue for this team all season is they're just their edges have been up. Well, I shouldn't say edges. Khalil Mack's been yeah. sensational all year. <laughs> the edge. It's in the opposite edge. And I think it's, you know, it's important to point out, look, Calvin Noy did not sign up to be your starting, you know, end when he signed here. You know, I think he figured the majority of his play was going to be in the middle of the field. Um and situationally show up as an edge or, you know, spell Joey when he needed a rest. So, you know, it took him a while, but now you're really starting to see. And I think so much of it, too, is just the improved play of Braden Fajoko and how good he's been on the interior. So um, I just, you know, quickly before you, you move on, I think it's important to acknowledge that, yes, they are now that it's been so much pitch and, and a lot of attacking the edges that have led to those explosive gains. And it seems like they're they've been able to kind of figure that out here. Now, Matt, you get to call these games every week, and every week seems like it's heart attack city. Uh, mm -hmm. Yesterday was no different. What was it like kind of calling that last drive? We'll, we'll talk about a couple of plays. One, the obvious, stupid, ridiculous, insane, incredible throw from Justin Herbert and also reaction just like that, that sequence with Mike Williams. But then also Cameron Dicker comes in and the Chargers make a field goal to win it. Tennessee loses. They miss a field goal earlier in the game. Like, what, walk us through that last forty seconds of heroics and calling that game. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess I'll start by saying, like, I was floored. I mean, floored that they did not go for two. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't quite understand that with all the time left on the clock. The only thing I can think of is you go for two, you get it. And you arguably give, you know, someone that you probably have a lot of respect for an extra down. It's like, okay, well, if we tie, then if we get a stop on third down, they're going to punt because they don't want to leave us in field goal position. And now we can get to overtime. So Jake, I, Jake, and I, Jake and I were talking about that. And I was thinking that if they, if Staley didn't call those timeouts and there was maybe five seconds left, 10 seconds left in the game, I think they go for two. Yeah, but I think I, so too, for sure. Um, but I think, but I still am surprised they didn't go for two because then there's just increased pressure. Now it's not, okay, if we don't get it, we're going to overtime. We feel pretty good about this defense being beat to hell. They're down seven starters, and our defense has played really well all day. So, like, to me, there was just a distinct advantage for the Chargers in overtime. So that was part one. Uh, they tie it up, and and I just, I don't know. It just, to me, and I don't know if the, the players or coaches would say they felt the same way, but it was just like, oh, well, that's that's a relief. Because if this goes to overtime, I, I can't envision how the Titans win this game unless, you know, a, a busted assignment and a giant Derrick Henry run, you yeah. know, scores a touchdown. But outside of that, the defense just played so well. And there's been so much left on the table for the Chargers offense where they just kind of – they just repeatedly, after that first drive, um, 
just kind of did themselves in, uh, whether it was a penalty or a missed connection that was wide open. Like it was a very odd game offensively where the plays were there. Um, they were either negated. Uh, they were thrown off schedule by a missed assignment, either at the line that led to a sack or a tackle for loss or uh, a bad penalty. It was just a very weird game that way offensively. So um, that was my initial thought. And then I just, I don't know. I felt like they were going to get it. I, it, you know, I just, I felt like, oh yeah, against this team with this defense being in the state that it's in, uh, they're down to like guys that were just signed two weeks ago that are playing in the secondary right now. So Justin Herbert and Mike and Keenan and Gerald, they should all be able to take advantage of that. And, uh, and they did. And, and like you said, the throw was ridiculous. It's, you know, kind of like that, how, how many players in the league or how many combinations quarterback wide receivers combinations can make that play in the league. And I don't, I don't know what that number is, but I can't imagine, imagine it being very high um, of, you know, just the magic that, that Justin and, and Mike have together. And, and then just finally to put a button on it, you know, you mentioned Cam Dicker, he's crazy good. Like he's, there's something about him um, that I really like that it's, you know, just being, I'm fortunate to be around the team, the way he carries himself. He has got this super, and it's not manufactured. He's just this crazy, laid back, doesn't give a rip kind of guy. You know, he just seems, you know, you see other kickers and you can, I, I can just, I'm interpreting and, you know, body language and stuff, but you can just kind of see there's a little bit of discomfort. I'm a specialist. I'm not really kind of, you know, one of the guys. And, and that's always awkward for the specialists and not him, man. He's just like, whatever. <laughs> He'll sit at any table in the, in the snack room. He'll just kind of do his own thing. The way he walks onto the field, the way he warms up when you, you know, I don't know if the cameras catch it um, or if people can see it on TV, but just, his mannerisms when he's lined up to kick, when he kicks after the, like that kick was 43 yards. It left his foot. He didn't even watch it go through. He just kind of turned and like, he wasn't celebrating or anything. He just kind of turned to, to um, JK and just kind of slapped him. And he was like, all right, let's for dinner. Gonna kick off now. So let's go do that. Um, I just, I love him. I just, I, I think, I think they really found something with him, um, especially cause he's a rookie and, and there's something to be said about having a guy on that pay scale as opposed to, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to decide to do at the end of the year with Dustin and stuff, but, you know, it, it, it is very beneficial to have a young kicker just to reset the salary of your kicker moving forward. Matt, I wanted to touch on something that, that you kind of brought up just in terms of the offense and, you know, your expectations that you were talking about. You've seen this defense, as far as the Titans go, yield 350 yards over the last two weeks. They've struggled. They've lost four straight. You would have thought on paper, given the injuries, that the Chargers would have been able to go out and handle their business a lot better than they did yesterday. A lot of criticism has really come on Joe Lombardi, whether it's in the national media or whatever, people saying that, you know, he's handcuffing Justin Herbert with some of these play calls and the inconsistencies from week to week basis. Just when you go from the performance in the game plan in Miami, Justin Herbert has a career high in completions, extremely efficient. I thought the game plan that they dialed up in that game was superb for what Miami was bringing at them. And then you go from the 12 play opening drive of this game against the Titans to get seven on the board. And then it just seems for whatever reason or another, it just it, it went away from them. And especially the one that was the drive that was really stuck in my mind was the Chargers defense gets the ball back just over three minutes to go. And some of that offensive sequence that was just out there in which the Chargers had to end up punting it back to the Titans, just from what we have seen from training camp up until now, the message that we've heard about football 202, just what's your assessment of kind of what the, what really is the goal of this, of this 
these offensive play calls from Joe Lombardi? Do you do you see a theme? Do you see what they're trying to do? Uh, yeah, I think look, I think coach takes a lot of incoming that's probably not deserved. Um, to me, the like if you if you go and I watched every one of the dropbacks um, already from yesterday, the plays are there, like they're there to be made. You know, there's um, you know there's there's availability downfield. The problem is protection. Um, so I think that's what people fail to kind of follow is, okay, what, what on this check down, you know, what was the protection situation? Look, Justin has been under duress almost every drop back, you know, and, and I, I, and look, Sawyer's been great. He has been fantastic considering Trey Pickens has been solid. The problem's been the interior. Um, Matt Filer had a rough day yesterday. You know, and and he's had a couple of those that are rough, and it's understandable. Look, he's going up against one of the best interior players in the league, and just in Jeffrey Simmons. Even though, you know, he's been banged up, Simmons is incredible. I mean, the guy's three hundred and fifteen pounds and moves like a two hundred sixty pound edge. So, you know, it's a tall task, and I think kind of what you're seeing is Justin's willing, or, you know, Herbert's willingness to stand in the pocket and deliver. You know, as that pressure is in his face. Now, what you can't have is those deep developing routes. You know, he's just, he's, unless he's going to boot every single time and sooner or later that just doesn't, you can't do that on every play. So he's got to take some of those short completions. I think, you know, the one thing that you'd like to see is it's a run game that's been working, you know, is is a little bit more run, a little bit more, dead, you know, devotion to the run. But I get it. When you have Herbert back there, it's like, well, why would we not use this? Let's just go get it, you know? And, and so that part I get, but I, I think, you know, I think I'm answering your question is, and I think I mentioned it a little earlier, like those drives, they all had good drive starters. You've got a couple first downs. Like when you look at the first down totals, like it's not a bad number. When you look at the passing totals, it's not a bad number. The problem was one or two plays. And most of the time it's lack of execution. It's not bad play calling. It's just, oh, you know, you got to miss, you got to miss here. You got to drop here. Um, You didn't quite get to the sticks here. Um, and you know, a couple rough penalties, you know, a couple holding penalties. So I think, you know, that's, that's the thing. And I saw, you know, I think some people that are like, oh, well, when they, when they run two minute, look how great it is. Well, yeah, but they're running two minutes. So teams are playing light boxes and, and, you know, you're getting those check downs. And then when they honor the check down, now you're getting your one-on-one. It's just teams, it's a different defense you're facing. You know, they're rushing three. They're not rushing four or five and, you know, getting that pressure. So I think to answer your question, look, I, I, I think, I think it's important to look at the totality of an offensive play. Who's on the field. You know, this is only the second game we've had Palmer Keenan and Mike. Um, and yesterday was a really rough day for Zion and Matt Filer for Zion Johnson and Matt Filer. There's just a, a butt ton of pressure in Herbert's lap from the interior almost every single snap. Dude, I guess maybe to be a little more pointed, like I, th- I think two weeks ago, a lot of criticism for basically the entire coaching staff, like the defense sucks, the offense sucks. Herbert. Oh, for the Raider game? Yeah, exactly. Basically coming yeah. out of that game, everyone was upset with every coach on the staff. Fast forward two weeks, I feel like now Staley is now like everyone likes him. Uh, Ronaldo Hill, I think everyone now is kind of like, all right, cool, this defense is actually what we thought it would be. But everyone still, like you mentioned, everyone still kind of gives heat to Lombardi. Um, do, in your opinion, like, do you think the offense has a coaching issue, 
or is it something like because everyone's just basically saying Lombardi I know situational and the pressure and all that kind of stuff but like you would think an offensive coach would be able to kind of scheme around that like do, do they have a like, could they improve in the coaching aspect there or is this kind of out of his hands um I just I just don't I think for me I don't think it's fair you know I, I don't think having Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, and Keenan Allen for two games and 15 snaps, you know, out of 16 or out of 15 is enough or 14 is enough. I think you need more than that. Um, you know, having the offensive line issues, being down four fifths of your offensive line in a couple of these games, you know, being down your left tackle that you built a team around knowing, okay, we don't have to help him like that. Like Rashawn Slater does not need to be helped. So we don't necessarily need to think about that big blocking tight end or, you know, so I think you got to remember, you know, and look, and I'm not trying to say that's an issue for Tom Telesco either. You know, I think you just, you go into a season and say, okay, where do we need depth? You know, where do we not? And so I think it's important to remember that losing Slater is, I mean, it was just gigantic on offense because of everything you were able to do because your blind side is now good. You do not have to think twice about it. And I think Slater made Filer better. You know, Filer was kind of, you're able to, to, to make him a better player because he's between Slater and Lindsley now. Right, right. And so your entire left side of the line is locked down. You're good. Herbert can worry about what's right in front of him when he drops back. He does not have to worry about what's behind him. So that's now changed everything. You know, and, and because he's such a fast processor, and he knows that pressure has been quite regular, the second he gets to a progression that's open, the ball's out. That's not on Lombardi. You know, that's on Justin. Like, okay, I can't go broke taking a profit. I'm going to take the five yards because I know that potentially there's probably something behind me coming. And and I can kind of feel it because it's regularly there. So I think that's that's important to remember as well. You know, you're talking about a guy that's getting pressured on over 40% of his dropbacks. <laughs> um, and when you're getting pressured four out of every, you know, 50, almost half of it's like 44, 45%, you know, almost half your dropbacks. It's hard to, especially when you're coming off fractured rib cartilage that <laughs> certainly had something to do with his season. Like it's hard to stand in there and let those routes downfield develop. Um, so I, I look, I'm anxious to see how these final three games look and hopefully the postseason. you know, the guy, like I, I'm just trying to, pull it up right now I don't know exactly what the the number is but he's at 4,019 yards against the Colts the Rams you know he's got a shot at 5,000 it's not likely but he's got a shot you know he, he is so what happens if he throws back to back 5,000 yards even if it doesn't get to 5,000 okay so he gets to 4,700 yards let's say 26 touchdowns like <laughs> Wow, what a bad offense. You know, like it's I get it. I, I totally get it because he is such a special player. You want to see it uncorked and you want to see it look like it did last year and how it looked toward the back end of his rookie year. Um I hope Chargers fans are listening to this, Jake. Because well, I, I mean, look, I get it though. I, I get look, I really liked the the offense that Shane ran his rookie season. And right. I mean, you can see what Shane and Nick are doing in Philadelphia. So I understand that side of it. It's like, man, this thing wasn't broken. This was not broken after his rookie year. And you can imagine now you're at, at you know, instead of being in 202, you're in 303. Yeah. So I get that part of it. And I love Shane. And I, I mean, it's clear. You see what they've done with Philadelphia and the weapons they have. So that part of it I get. Um, 
at the same time, I think coming off a 5,000 yard season, you know, and not having really any continuity on offense, it's a little harsh. Matt, we know that Justin Herbert obviously gets the headlines. The Chargers now sitting eight and six, technically the sixth seed with three weeks to go here in the regular season. Um, Obviously, this team would not even be in this position if they did not have him. But let's talk about some guys who don't get enough attention. I think I know one that you're going to bring up. But if we talked about some of the unsung heroes of this team, whether it's on offense or defense, who would be some that would come to mind for you? Well, there's a lot. Um, it's it is look. It's hard to believe this team is eight and six, and I think has a legitimate shot at the five seed. And if everybody all of a sudden is healthy for week one in the wild card round, Watch you know, out. and Joey Bosa's back out there, and Slater's back out there, yeah, look out because because we know what it looked like through you know a game and a half before things got sideways. So, um, unsung heroes: one Khalil Mack, um, no doubt about it. You know, I think people want to see 15, 18 sacks. That's not what he does. Uh, he affects everything. You cannot run his way. So that's why I said he sets an edge. He's an incredible, he's probably the best run defender at the edge position in the league, and that's held this year. They've run opposite him. That's where all of the leaking has come from. Um, his pressure is what leads to, is what led to those sacks yesterday. The sack by Gaziano, the sack by Tranquil, the sack by... Chris Rumpf, every, all three of them were Khalil Mack collapsing that side and pushing Tannehill that way into that pressure. Um, he's so good. Uh, he is so freaking good. And, um, you know, Coach brought it up yesterday when he was on the post game with us. You know, he just, you know, he pointed, I think DJ might have said it. He just said, you know, the box score just doesn't do him justice with what he does. So that's one. Two, Mikey Davis has been exceptional. Just so good. Uh, this is he, this has been his best season, um, you know, and, and especially considering the challenges that J.C. Jackson was having trying to settle into this defense and get his legs under him, um, knowing that every time there was an issue, Davis came in and didn't miss a beat. And he's been he's been really, really good. Um, you know, got his 10th pass defense yesterday. That's a big number, man. If you're a corner and you've got 10 passes defense, that is a big number for big time corners. Um, and Drew Tranquil, he's a pro bowler. Yeah. yeah, like Drew's a pro bowler. No doubt about it. He's a pro bowler. Um, his run fits are great. You know, the interception, the four sacks, leading the team in tackles. So, like, that would, you know, that would that would be defensively, offensively, number one, Sawyer. Like, it's crazy that you lose one of the two or three best left tackles in football you got to replace him with a sixth rounder that was supposed to be converted to a guard and was too slow and squatty and didn't have the length to play left tackle. And, and he's been great. Is he, um, has he been Rashawn Slater? No, like no one's saying he's Rashawn no. Slater, but to have the drop off be that minimal is mind blowing to me. Yeah. I'm anxious to see how they approach it for next season, you know, cause Trey will be a free agent. Um, they've always wanted to kick him into guard because once he anchors, you can't move him. And so I think that's, you know, so, okay, if Filer's a free agent and Trey's a free agent, does he now kick into guard inside of Rashawn? Does he play right tackle? I love the way Trey's played this year. You know, you spent all this time developing him. He's finally come around. No teams have two good tackles. You got to keep so, him. You yeah. So I think to me, that's probably the way it goes. Um, and it's nice to have Jamari as just a swing, even if Filer sticks around another year. And now, you know, if he's not playing well, okay, we'll throw Jamari in there. If someone gets hurt, throw Jamari in, you know. So that's been a that's been a real big one, too. 
So Chargers are sitting at eight and six, coming down the stretch. Currently six seed, as you mentioned, Jake. Um, Chargers got three games to go. Colts, they got the Broncos, and then they got the Rams. Um, how do you kind of see, like, what do you see as, like, kind of as you wrap up today? Like, going into these final three weeks, final stretch, like, is this just about Chargers doing what Chargers need to do? Like, it- 100%. Hundred percent. They 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 they, there's, they they absolutely have to win those three games. You know, you're you're talking about a team that is trending in the right direction, that is getting healthy, um, you know, that is taking on the you know two thirteenth place in the conference and one fourteenth place in the conference teams. Like you've got to win those games. These are the playoffs because if you win those games, I have, I feel pretty good about Baltimore losing another game. You know, I just I don't. Yeah. So like to me, you know with the Bengals trying to climb, there's no reason for the Bengals not to uh, look if the Bengals knock off the, if the Bengals knock off the Ravens in that week, 17 week, 18 matchup and the chargers went out. Well, now the Bengals get the Ravens again, you know, would you rather see a beat to hell Ravens team? Or would you rather see Justin Herbert and the chargers who jumped out 24, nothing last year and beat you, you know, by scoring 44 points. So, like, to me, I think the Bengals are going to play it out. And they're a much better team than the Ravens. So now you're talking about being the five seed, playing Tennessee and Tennessee. We know, you know, the state of that team in terms of where they're at health-wise. Um, so to me, like, that's the goal. And and I think on top of that, like, if you're just, is you know, as I'm looking at it now, like, any anyone can get got, like, in the, in the AFC this year. I do not feel like it's, like it's it was like last, last year. year. Yeah. Last year it felt like okay, Chiefs are really good. The Pills are really good. It's going to be hard to beat either of those teams. Now, funny enough, it happened, but it was just a, a wonky second half from the Chiefs against the Bengals that led to that. But you know, this year I don't necessarily feel that way. The Chiefs defense has had major issues. We've seen how well the Chargers have played them in their two games against them. The Bills go through these weird lulls on offense. Either yeah. it's you know so like. You know, and again, like I said, we know how the Chargers looked against the Bengals. So what I'm getting at is, like, if you can get to that five, I won't be surprised if the six or the seven, if it's the Ravens and Lamar's all of a sudden healthy, if it's the Dolphins, if it's the Patriots with Bill Belichick coaching the defense, if it's, you know, that Jets defense. Um, I won't be surprised if those teams win in the wild card round. And now... You don't have to worry about having to go to Buffalo to play the number one seed or Kansas City to play the number one seed that was on a bye. You might catch a break and play one of them. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's all in front of them. Like it is, it is set up for them. I, to me, it is set up for them to be the five seed. The only team in front of them, you know, has a quarterback issue and they have to play two of their fiercest rivals in the Steelers, a game they should have lost. But Mitch Trubisky threw those three red zone interceptions and they missed a field goal. And, you know, a Bengals team that I think is really starting to hum. So to me, they lose one of those two games. And now the five seed is yours. Matt Money Smith bringing us perspective on how the Chargers can get to the five seed on what we've looked at this last couple of weeks. Um, If you have not heard or seen, Matt Money Smith is going to be doing a little quick event over at SoFi. I believe it's tonight, Matt. Uh, It is Benefiting the Chargers Impact Fund. You're going to see Matt Money Smith on the MC calling uh, charity events. I think this is a flag football. It is flag football team. Ladanian Tomlinson versus team Antonio Gates. Uh, blue carpet, five thirty. Public gates open at six. 
kickoff at 7 o'clock. So uh, I believe you can still get tickets. Um, if, uh, if I think they are available, yeah, chargers.com. Just kind of hit that up. It's called Battle of the Goats. You can maybe Google, Google that. It all benefits the Chargers Impact Fund. And um, yeah, dude, Mookie Betts going to be out there. Adrian Gonzalez. So a couple Dodgers, excited to see them. A bunch of um, NFL players. Uh, Terrell Owens going to be out there. Joe Hayden, Hushman Zada, TJ Ward. Deshaun Goldson, like a lot of, you know, very cool. So, and then a bunch of, you know, celebrities from the world of, uh, of YouTube and TikTok and TV and films. So, and the charges, Matt Money Smith is there. I mean, yeah, for anything exactly. else, you get to hear his voice all day long. Matt, I'll be running around. I love it. I want to see you catch one ball. That's no all chance. I want to see. <laughs> no chance. Oh, man. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Chargers are in a great position, prime for a playoff berth. We shall see what they do. Matt, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the week. Stay healthy. We'll talk soon, all right? You got it. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Jake. Right. Thanks, Matt.